Uh, tell you what, let me, let me pray real quick. Here we go. You look comfy. Actually, hey, you know what? Ainsley's going to pray. Hold on. Hey, okay, bow your heads. Uh, dear Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for Travis. Thank you that he's about to lead this. Um, in your name, amen. Way, way to represent for the residents there, Ains. That was awesome. I am closer to Jesus now. That was great. Um, okay, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, I want you to break up in, well, yeah. You mean, oh, I kind of went over my head there. That's not my proudest moment of the day. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. In fact, I'll tell you when you get in your group. So go ahead and break up in the groups of eight that you were in at the end of first session. All right, ready, go. Should almost be in our groups. <laughs> what? Really? What, what are y'all doing? Get in a group. We'll circle. Circle. Hey, circles are better than rows, people, okay? So, what we wanna do, we wanna get you out of rows and into circles. All right, so here's what we're gonna do. If you will turn. In your handy-dandy, fabulous pamphlet, you like that word, fabulous, to small group training session two, presented there are five case studies. Now, when it says current culture, obviously, it's probably talking about the current culture of your small group, and I've labeled it out, for instance, in case study one, six engaged, two disengaged, two disruptors, okay? So when you're thinking through each of these instances with the issues that are listed underneath, I'd love to think through, I'd love you to think through, okay, how do we handle that when this is our culture? In other words, even bring into it, okay, so let me just give you an example. So a student on night two conveys that his or her parents are in the middle of a divorce, what do you do? Okay, so think about how you would broach that, okay, how you would bring the two disruptors into it, um, in other words, a good way to do that, just so y'all can be thinking this way, a good way to do that um, is literally to start asking the disruptors questions, right? So, hey, have you ever been through anything like that in your life? What does that look like? Do you ever know somebody? You know, just try and bring them in. So that each current culture is just kind of what you have and how your group's been functioning and the dynamic of it up until this point then the issues. I'd love for you guys to just look at that, handle each case study as a group, and just talk and share different ideas and thoughts about what you would do if you were presented with these issues with that current culture or small group, okay? We're going to do that for about 15 minutes. 
and then we're going to come back up to the stage. So y'all talk about that. Thank you so much for being here, and ready, one, two, three, go. Break, all of the above. Okay, so here's what we're going to do now. Uh, Amy and Melissa and Davon and Matt are going to all join me on stage. That's right, y'all give it up for them. Hey, that was horrible. Y'all give it up for him. That was marginally better. I like that. All right. So here's what we're going to do. Because y'all, here's the thought behind exactly what we're doing. Y'all have hopefully talked through these cases in your groups. Hey, here's maybe a way I think I could handle this. Or here's maybe how I'd handle this one. Um, and I wanted y'all to do that, and I'm sure y'all are already very capable of doing that. What these four people are going to do are speak into those cases and maybe some different ways that they would handle it, so on and so forth, so that you can measure what your approach is, I guess, in, in respect of what an experienced person's approach is. And maybe you can learn a few things and a few tweaks about how you can handle things differently, or maybe you're exactly where you should be and you're handling it correct. So, and I will let you guys speak in whenever you want. Your mics are already on, so you don't have to fumble with them. But in case study one, six engaged students, two disengaged, and two disruptors. A student on night two conveys that his or her parents are in the middle of a divorce. How do you handle that? Let's say he just comes out and says, y'all, I just need to share this. My parents are going through a divorce right now. What do you do from there? Well, I think that um, there's just a lot of power in questions, and um, you don't want to go out and just give them advice, even if you've gone through it before. I think a big thing is just asking, like, oh, I'm so sorry, like, how do you feel about it? Like, where are you at with that? And just being willing just to listen and not throw advice on how they should feel or what they should do, but just to be there in it with them. So, I mean, that's kind of how nice. I would handle that. Anybody else? I completely agree. No, seriously, I mean, keep asking them those questions, let them work it out, not necessarily on their own, but let them begin to flesh out how they're feeling. And so maybe that can lead to, okay, you continue on with your group and say, hey, do you mind talking about this a little later on now that they've already opened up the door? Um, and there may be other students in the group who are in the middle of their parents going through a divorce or have experienced it, and hopefully, you know, they'll chime in and encourage as well. Hmm. And you can even, building off of what Amy just said, you can even ask them, has anybody else in this group experienced that? Um, and let them, well, what, what would your kind of thoughts or what would your encouragement be to that person? That's good, Gus. Thank you all. Okay. Rolling on. Uh, Ten engaged students. This is literally like the perfect group. Okay? They're all engaged. They're all sold out. I mean, people are being slain in the spirit every group. Oh, never mind. We're Presbyterian. That's not happening. Um, <laughs> issue. A student on night three conveys that they are not sure that they believe that there is a God or in all of this Jesus stuff. What do you do? How do you handle something like that? Davon, since you are in an outreach ministry, why don't you go? Ask that question one more time. All right. A student on night three conveys that they are not sure that they believe that there is a God, or in all of this Jesus stuff for that matter. What do you do? 
So they're in the week, they've already experienced all this stuff, and they're at the point where they're just going, okay, I'm hearing what you're talking about, but I'm just not sure. How do you handle that? Um, I would, I mean, honestly, I would say I can, uh, I understand that you're not sure, um, and I would say it's okay to not be sure. Um, I wouldn't, you know, definitely wouldn't shame them for that. And uh, again, I think continuing on, let's continue to ask questions, begin to, ask, to get, them, get them to think about uh, what God has done in their lives. Uh, so begin to talk about, hey, so what, what are some things that you're struggling with? What are some things that, that you may or may not have felt God was with you in? Or, and just those different things, begin to walk them through that. Um, even share a little bit of my own story of you know, growing up in a Christian home, but not really feeling like I truly followed Christ until the seventh grade. Um, and so I think that just, again, asking those questions and beginning to dig deeper, and again, letting them know that it's okay to have doubts, uh, because even when you are a believer, there's, there's times that we forget who Jesus is. And there's times that we do begin to doubt and just say it's, it's a natural thing. Um, but also at the same time on the other side of it, um, beginning to share stories on your own of, of what God has done in your life and uh, the lives of people that are close to you. And so they can have different examples. So. I just continuing to build off of that whole ask questions. You know, it's interesting. Somebody shares something when I'm talking with them. And what happens is as soon as they share something, I'm like, I got this. I know the answer. I know what I should tell them. I know what I should tell them to do. I know how to fix their world. All, of, all will be great. And what I routinely discover is if I do that, I completely miss where they're really coming from. But what I do find is if I ask four, five, six, seven follow-up questions to really start to dig a little bit deeper, all of a sudden I start to see what really is going on and why they're really struggling. Because they might just come out and say, well, I just don't believe in this whole God, Jesus, Bible thing, and just kind of leave it out there. But start to dig a little bit deeper. All of a sudden what you might find out is that three years ago, um, something significant happened. They were involved in a church. Their parents got a divorce. And all of a sudden, they just looked at this whole God, Jesus, Bible thing and said, forget this. How can God possibly love me? Well, that's a completely different issue than what their original statement was. Or they might just go, I don't get this. I don't buy this. This is the, f you might find out this is the first Christian exposure that they've ever had. And so you just get to talk with them more about that. But find out why they make that statement. Find out what's behind that statement. And that'll help you go a lot deeper to where they really are. And I wouldn't feel um, discouraged by them saying that. Um, when somebody reveals like where they are um, in relation to God and they're actually open about it, that's an awesome opportunity for you. Because number one, it gives you an opportunity to know how to pray for that person, but then how to pursue them. Um, because one thing I hate is when people are really putting up a front about where they stand before the Lord, and that's just lying to yourself, um, or that person's lying to themselves. Um, so they're being transparent with you, and so it's a big oppor opportunity. So I would just be encouraged that they feel that open in front of you. Um, and as a small group leader, like, remember that you don't have to have all the answers. Um, like Matt said, asking questions is really important. So again, you don't have to have all the answers. You're just creating space for them to be able to think and to answer questions. Um, and as they're talking, you know, try to be mindful to pray in your spirit, you know, that God would lead you and um, just how to love them well. Awesome. Thank you all. Hey, y'all are doing really good. Y'all clap for them. They're doing really well. It's almost like y'all get paid for doing this or something. Um,
All right, case study three, two engaged, six disengaged, like here just bumps on a log, and two disruptors. A student conveys that they have just accepted Christ, and the one that did is one of the two disruptors. What do you do? Celebrate. It doesn't matter if they're a disruptor. (laughs) Celebrate with them. I'd get them to share, like, you know, when did you accept Christ? Like, you know, exactly where they were, what was happening, how was the Holy Spirit pricking them at that point, you know? Yeah, no, that, you know what? That's good. So, <laughs> um, yeah, celebrate. Um, y'all, and a really good thing, I think, to do there, and especially when it's one of your disruptors, um, if they had done that, it's those seminal moments, um, those are the types of things that if you've had kind of a disastrous, because especially in this one, right, six disengaged and two disruptors, like the vast majority of this group is just kind of going through the motions, right? Somebody accepting Christ or somebody really opening up and really sharing about what's going on in their lives, those can, those, that's what I'm talking about. That's how you rescue your culture, right? If, it, if it's where this is and you're in case study three, and that's your group, it's a great opportunity to rescue the culture and have it be different from that moment forward, kind of like a springboard moment or a benchmark moment, if you will, okay? Can I add um, something, Travis? Absolutely. You go first, oh, Amy. Go Yours might be more related. All I was going to simply say is also encourage them to tell people in their own home church and their youth leaders from their church. So if somebody accepts Christ, don't just celebrate that within your group. Absolutely celebrate it within your group, but encourage them to go talk to their church and their church leaders, because you're not going home to Alabama with them. The rest of their churches and their leaders need to know that they've accepted Christ so that they can uh, help them to grow. Um, I think it's important to remember, too, that all of you have been in a discipleship group here at the church at some point in your life or a small group, Um, and a lot of the students coming from other churches may have never experienced what it's like to be in a small group or discipleship group, you know, and so they might feel uncomfortable at first, and that might be why they're kind of disruptive or they're quiet because they're kind of checking it out. So that's when it's really important to, you know, set the culture that, you know, help them feel safe by sharing stories of your own or just, you know, helping them know that what they have to share is a value when everybody contributing in the group is, you know, super important to helping the group just be the best it can be. And utilize your other perimeter students in what Amy just said, too. All of you will have two or three perimeter students in your small groups. So what Amy just said, use them to, hey, why don't you share, call them out, because you know what they've all experienced in discipleship. Whether you know the person or not, you know what they've experienced in discipleship. So ask them to share, too, and to kind of help the group set the tone. Um, I would also, if it's one of, the, one of the disruptors that is, you know, saying that they came to know Jesus, I would, like Amy said, I would like, hey, man, that is awesome, that is great. Um, let's talk about this afterward. And then, like, after everyone else is gone, I'd say, man, that, again, I would continue to encourage them, say, man, I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad this is happening. Now <laughs> that you're claiming to follow Jesus and everything like that, I would say, listen, this is a great opportunity for, and, you know, I would also ask some questions just to kind of confirm that this is what's truly happening, that they actually did um, uh, want to follow Christ and everything like that. But, and if they, and if it's true, I'd say, man, listen, this is an awesome opportunity for you to begin to immediately live out that faith. 
And so instead of, I know that you, I mean, it might be because they want to get attention or whatever that looks like, but I would say use this as, as an opportunity to help the other people in your group make the same decision that you did. So instead of disrupting and, you know, kind of grabbing everyone's attention and bringing it to yourself, let's take that attention that, uh, that God is, you know, let's take that attention and let's put that back on Jesus. And, and, and so instead of disrupting, and, you know, encourage others while they're in, when they answer a question. And again, begin to immediately raise their level of faith, raise their level of spiritual maturity, um, because if that's a true statement that they're making, they need that challenge. They don't need that challenge a year down the road or whatever. They need that challenge immediately to say, hey, let's go ahead and take that seed that's been planted on good soil, and let's begin to water that right now. Yeah, you have them for a week, and then talk to their youth leader and say, hey, this is what, you know, Michael said or whatever like that. He's following Christ, and so let's go ahead and jump in now with him and help him to uh, begin to lead in small ways within his, within his youth group. And just so, again, begin to water that seed immediately um, and begin to change that disruptor to someone that is helping the rest of the group uh, to grow. Um. Great answers, seriously. Um, all right, this is a heavy one, okay? In fact, don't even, let's take out the disengaged, 10 disengaged, right? Like, just, let's take that out. Let's just deal with the issue, regardless of the culture. A student conveys that they are physically abused by their father. But before you tackle that one, you have to tackle the fact that they are totally disengaged. So actually take that second sentence out. So let's just say a student conveys that they are physically abused by their father. What do you do with that? Phone a friend. <laughs> Unfortunately, this is not who wants to be a millionaire. So un yeah, y'all are gonna have to handle it. So. No, I actually, I, I say that jokingly, but in one respect, I am very serious in that if you all find yourself in that position, I, as, a, as a junior high pastor, the first thing I do is I will talk with them a little bit, help to, I need to understand what it means that they're being abused by their parents. Is it a verbal abuse? Is it a physical abuse? Is it a sexual abuse? What kind of an abuse is it? Is it the fact that their parents make them do chores, which really isn't an abuse? Um, but to find out what level and what reality is really going on, tell me, tell me a little bit more about that. And based on where you are in your small group, you may ask them to hold off and just say, hey, could we talk when our group is over? Or you may follow up with them right there. But once you have that initial conversation with them, the very next thing you should do is track down one of us and say, okay, I've got this student in my group. And uh, I've got this student in my group who says that they're being abused by their father. This is what I've learned. This is what I've found out. Um, what do I do next? And so we'll help you. And we, if they're not from perimeter, we will find their youth directors and we will begin to get the help surrounded around this person that they need. But please don't try to tackle it on your own. We wouldn't tackle it on our own. I would get conversations with these guys and go, okay, help me think this through. Let's come up with the best solution, the best follow-up plan, how we need to get this student help. And don't be worried about that being something of breaking confidence. Like, if you 
find out that that's happening with one of the people in your group and you come and tell us, like, it's the most loving thing you can do to tell us. Um, you know, they may be upset when they find out that you've told one of us, but that's okay. Like, I think love looks different in different circumstances, and so um, it's an opportunity to love them in the best way possible by coming to one of us. Yeah, we're not going to, you know, to speak to that. Um, and it's really important because y'all are going to experience things like all across the map, right? I mean, somebody may tell you they're self-mutilating, cutting, right? Somebody may tell you um, that they've been raped at one point. Somebody may, might tell you that they're currently in that. So, I mean, all across the board, right? We all are fully aware that sin is in the world. Here's what we're not going to do as a staff. You, we're not, In this case, we're not going to go find the you know, the kid and go, hey, so you're the one that's getting beat, right? Let's go talk. Like, it's not, it's not going to be anything like that. Like, we, we know how to handle that. We, we involve their churches. It's, it's, y'all can maybe speak more to that, but we are a, a safe place for that too, is I guess what I'm trying to convey to you. Um, if the student is like sharing that and is really upset, um, I think as a group leader, if I was the main group leader, I might take the student outside the group and hopefully your co-leader feels confident enough to maybe continue leading the group. Because I don't think you want that student sharing lots of details about what happened with the other group members because it might be hard for them to take that on and they can't really help that student in the way that's needed. Um, and then when you step out with the student, Basically, you're just helping the student understand that you care for him or her um, and that, you know, this is a situation where you're concerned about this person's safety and um, you feel like you need to get someone who is better equipped to help them with this and that you'll need to take it um, to a staff member. But just reassuring them that you care about them and even praying for them. And I would say that to them before you walk out of the room, just say, hey, this is, a, this is really important to me to hear, and I want to be able to get all the information I can to help you. So let's step out of the room and let's talk about it. And so instead of making an awkward, hey, let's go, let's, you know, so the whole group knows that, it's, that this person is safe, all that kind of stuff. So, Awesome. Um, all right, last one. Uh, a student conveys, and y'all have already kind of touched on this a little bit, um, as I thought you might, but a student conveys that they have been thinking about all of this God stuff, and there should be an O there, um, but just doesn't know what to do with all that. In other words, they're curious, they're clearly a seeker, and they've expressed interest to you that it might be resonating. So at this point, I would say, yes, the Holy Spirit is tugging on their heartstrings. So how do you nurture that? You share the gospel the way that Amelia was just talking about, and you walk them through that, and you pray with them, and you come alongside them, and you help them to understand and challenge them and encourage them to take that next step. Yep. That'll preach. Um, guys, the reason we do this uh, is because we just, I, I want y'all to be intentional. Somebody in my D group said this this week. Or they had gone to, a, I think, an R.C. Sproul conference, and he really talks about the holiness of God, and it's his big thing. But he was telling him, he was saying, every moment matters. Literally every single moment of your waking life matters. Um, 
And as a, as a cancer survivor, I, that really resonates with me, right? Like the whole don't take life for granted, it all matters, and it really all does. Um, what y'all are doing here um, can be so, so impactful. Like I, I, I remember just being impacted by different leaders of mine, and they don't even know, like, because we've either lost touch, I have no idea how to get in touch with them, even with the gargantuan thing that Facebook is, I just don't know. Um, and if I could, I would call all of them and tell them the impact that they had. But y'all have such a tremendous opportunity to make a very real and tangible life impact in somebody for eternity. And that's a huge responsibility. Um, and it blows me away um, that you sign up to do it. Um, I can't tell you how much I'm anticipating uh, the week and how well y'all are going to do. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for listening during this. Um, it's just, again, I, it really, I'm not joking. Y'all are the holiest people in the church. Um, and little one last shameless plug. If y'all want to practice things like this, um, practice being a, a leader, be a small group leader. So we have this really cool environment called the Bricks. I don't know if y'all have ever heard of it. Um, I would love to have all of you be small group leaders because we need them. How many people do we have? We had 248 students last night here on a Friday night. So we need y'all. So last, that's my last shameless plug. I would love it. Y'all talk to me. Please come be leaders. Please, 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 please. Um, we're going to transition now to Drew. Um, let me go ahead and pray for y'all, and then we will get back into our seats. Hey, one more time, y'all give it up for our panel. Seriously, y'all shared a lot of wisdom that I know that we can benefit from. All right, let's... Oh. All right, let me pray. Father God, uh, again... Thank you so much for every single person in this room. Thank you for the time that we're able to be here. Um, help us get through the rest of the afternoon energized. Make it fun. Thank you for the staff who put this on um, and approach it with such intentionality. And thank you for Drew and all that he invests in this week every year. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen.